Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the 17th episode of Season 2 of the Wormburner Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and for this week, we're going to be talking about two specific things in general. The first one is going to be our world information section, and I'm going to be talking about Manchester United this week. It's not going to be in any negative light. It's just an overall aspect of what's going on at Manchester United and then the current events going on there. And then we are going to hop across the English Channel and talk about the Ukrainian Premier League for our league breakdown of the week this week. And so if you have not already, check out our Twitter and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast. And if you have not checked out our Twitter, our Twitter handle is at WormburnerPDCST. Again, that is WormburnerPDCST. If you have not checked out our Twitter, we'll have a couple polls and I'll be updating some more information going on about the podcast. As you'd probably already seen in the news uh, having to do with the previous week, I was under the weather. I kind of in the tiniest way am, but I am much, much, much better. So I thank all of you for being so patient and allowing me to recuperate to make this episode for you guys. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Alright, so what is going on exactly at Manchester United? They didn't have the best Premier League season this previous year. They did not qualify for the UEFA Champions League again. In It, it just seems like this turbulent time for Manchester United and it doesn't really seem like a whole ton is going right at the current moment in time. And this is not a dig at them, just overall assessment of what's going on and I've actually come to realize something that in the two years I have been doing this podcast there is something that I didn't really ever go over before and that's another reason why I wanted to make this week's episode about Manchester United is I've never really talked about Ronaldo I've never talked about Cristiano Ronaldo and I want to take a minute and go over that current over that current transfer rumors and current transfer speculation that's going on and coming out of Manchester United. There has been so many stories that to be 100% honest it's becoming very difficult to keep all of these stories straight. So let me just go over a few that I've heard over Many of the sources that I've checked over as well as just overall thoughts and what I see in the future for Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United. So the sources that I've seen have stated any and everything from Ronaldo wanting to stay at Manchester United to him requesting personally to the board and to the manager that he wants to leave. There's also been speculation that... That Chelsea Football Club has put in a 14 million pound transfer for Cristiano Ronaldo, as well as PSG being interested in Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, because a lot of people would still be interested, even though he is on the later half of, or in the later stages of his career, he's still a phenomenal player. They, he has been 
out the outstanding player at Manchester United. It it is a foregone conclusion that he has been the better player at Manchester United aside from maybe one or two players, Bruno Fernandes being one of them. And overall, I just think that this is a absolutely crazy development that Cristiano Ronaldo a year into his transfer going back to Manchester United, his boyhood club, wants to leave. And it's it's baffling to me. And as a unbiased opinion, there is so many pros and cons to this argument, it's not even funny. Because, of course, you can understand wanting to leave Manchester United. Me, personally, a City fan. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. In in all realness, looking at the prospects of leaving Manchester United, you have the possibility of playing in the Champions League again. Of course, you aren't playing in the Europa League with Manchester United. You still have a decent paycheck to be earning when it comes to these larger sides if PSG is interested because there are rumors and I believe there is one source that came out stating that PSG are not interested in signing Cristiano Ronaldo and that was reported by ESPN. I just think that it's crazy that Again, this is all happening, and you have this high-level player wanting to still play in the Champions League, but you also have this drive as a player to better your boyhood club and to have success with them. That That is the... That's one of the heart-tugging things that I see here between Manchester United fans and even maybe Cristiano Ronaldo himself, I don't know. I, I, I'm not in his head, but dissecting all of this is absolutely crazy. And I've seen so many good arguments, like for an example, if PSG, again, this is all hypothetical considering the fact that PSG, through one source, has stated that they don't want to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, but in the off chance that they do... They have Neymar going out of PSG. Neymar is in the book saying that he wants to leave, or sorry, that he wants to stay, but the board has said otherwise. They want to sell him, and it's just a a really good situation to have a superstar like Neymar leaving and Cristiano Ronaldo wanting to stay. Now, PSG have appointed a new boss, which is Christophe Galtier, which was just recently signed from Nice. But we don't know the current position that Galtier has on signing Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't believe he's been asked. That is not something I've seen in the sources. But regardless, you have a superstar like Neymar leaving. You could pull in another superstar like Cristiano Ronaldo. It depends on what the PSG board want. And it also really depends on what the overall sporting director Kylian Mbappe (laughs) I'm kidding but it depends on what the different parties want and I can see it happening I wouldn't be surprised at something like that happening especially with Cristiano Ronaldo wanting to play in the Champions League it would be a, a big aspiration for him to continue that Champions League run and continue playing in the Champions League 
I can see Chelsea happening because, of course, you have an attack that isn't as fluid. You also have players like Christian Pulisic on the rumor to leaving. If I'm not mistaken, the largest rumor for Christian Pulisic is Juventus at this current point in time. And I thought that this was hilarious because Giorgio Chiellini of LAFC, just recently signed LAFC, has come out and stated that Christian Pulisic to Juventus would be a really, really good signing for Juventus. And I feel that would be a really good signing for Christian Pulisic as well. He's got a very long career ahead of him, and playing for a team like Juventus, it would develop his craft a lot better than being at Chelsea personally for me. Nothing against Chelsea, it's just I think that when it comes to attacking talent, Chelsea doesn't know how to really bring the best out of their players when it comes to the overall situation with them because there's been so many great attacking talents playing for Chelsea that you would think that they would be better or in a better position than what they are in now because you have Kai Havertz, you have Timo Werner, you have Christian Pulisic as we just stated, you have Hakim Ziyech, you have all of these, and, and you did have Romelu Lukaku as well, and you have all of these attacking talents, yet they aren't in these prime positions that a lot of people think that they should be with the attacking talent they have, which just brings even more confusion to the table that they are linked to a person like Cristiano Ronaldo. Maybe to try and bring that experience in and have the attackers learn from, I mean, arguably their idols. Some of them, it could be their their go-to man that they've watched ever since that they were a kid they've wanted to be like. And to have that that kind of leadership in the, in the dressing room, it's arguably the could be a really good thing for Chelsea. That's the only positive I really see for Chelsea signing Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I don't see anything as of yet else when it comes to a transfer like that but also you have the prospect of being a leader at Manchester United which is a very strong reason for Cristiano Ronaldo wanting to stay because you are that leader you you are literally playing for a club that you helped or they helped you build your your own career that arguably Manchester United did so much for Cristiano Ronaldo that he was able to turn into the superstar he would later become at Real Madrid. And to have a story going out, having a, for Manchester United to go out, have a friendly against Sporting Lisbon in Portugal, and seeing a talent like Cristiano Ronaldo and wanting to sign him basically within the next couple of weeks after seeing him play is a testament to how Manchester United were able to see such a talent and help him grow. And Cristiano Ronaldo might want to repay that favor with with Manchester United not being up to the standard that they have been at previously. This is not a dig. That I'm, I'm fairly confident that any other Manchester United would say that they are sub subpar compared to what they've normally done. So... I don't want to really toss wood in the fire when there really is no fire. And 
to have a leader like Cristiano Ronaldo in a team like Manchester United would be a major positive, especially to a person like Eric Ten Hag that needs that leadership that would have the back of a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, but it can also have that negative side. We we all saw that with when it came to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer having the locker room turn against him. There were many reports. I think there were a few reports stating that Cristiano Ronaldo didn't have faith in him, which that's basically a, a stamp seal of, yeah, he's probably on the way out. When one of the star players is like, no, he's his tactics are off or so on and so forth. It, it can have that statement of this very strong leader of the locker room has the support of the manager and the and the the player supports the manager it's a, a it can be a very strong thing and another very good reason for Cristiano Ronaldo to to stay in Manchester to make, to stay at United whether i see that happening is a completely completely different story i can genuinely see both plausibly happening because you've got a player that is he is extremely competitive Cristiano Ronaldo is extremely competitive to have an individual competing in the Europa League in Europe I don't mean to disrespect the Europa League but a player of that talent to be playing in the Europa League is a joke. It's an actual joke. And I think it's crazy that we're actually looking at this possibility. It's one of those things that you look at and you're like, wow, this player is is on the verge of maybe stopping football. I don't mean that Cristiano Ronaldo is going to retire at the end of this year or anything like that, but it's just crazy to see such a star player possibly competing in the Europa League. It's just not it's it's just not you can't physically see that happening and that's where I kind of want to leave it off for today when it comes to Talking about Manchester United, I will be having a poll on Twitter after this episode airs, and I can ask you guys, what would you do if you were Cristiano Ronaldo? And let me know on Twitter with our handle, WormBurnerPDCST. Again, that is WormBurnerPDCST. Let's go ahead and get into the league breakdown this week, the Ukrainian Premier League. Alright, so for this week, as I've stated, we are going to be talking about the Ukrainian Premier League this week. I'm so excited because it's just a really, really good piece of news that has just been announced as of, I believe, a day or two ago. And it just it puts me in such a better light, and I'm so glad to be going over this because as of next month... The Ukrainian Premier League is officially going to kick off again and start league play for the 2022-23 season. I am so, so excited for it. And honestly, uh, it's 
a massive relief and just something to get people off of the war and just to have something to go to and I think it's just such a beautiful thing to have soccer to go to and to have this outlet to just have soccer on the side it's just amazing and of of course in in no way do I mean that we need to stop talking about what's going on in Ukraine I think this is even a way to platform of ways to talk about it and to bring the discussion to light and just overall a great escape for people and to have this way of, of living life and enjoying soccer again I think it's just an amazing thing happening and so as I've stated the Ukrainian Premier League is our league breakdown of the week this week the Ukrainian Premier League is one of the newer leagues to come into fruition when it comes to the overall world view of soccer the Ukrainian Premier League was not created until 1991 that actually is has to do with the dissolving of the Soviet Union in 1991 of course Ukraine being a part of the Soviet Union it wasn't until after this dissolving of the Soviet Union we got our first Ukrainian Premier League or you got the first Ukrainian Premier League not ours but it has had two different names since then but the overall premise still stand still stands of being the top flight in Ukraine uh, for a total of 31 years it has been the top division in Ukraine 16 teams compete for the Ukrainian league title and there is no special rule or anything like that how this league is set up it is set up pretty much like all the other leagues with having to do with France and Germany, Italy, England, so on and so forth. The only massive difference is that between, I believe it's either December or January or January to February, there are zero games at all, period. It's a winter break for the Ukrainian League, and it actually trickles down to all levels of the Ukrainian League, not just the top flight. So I think that's a a little bit of an interesting tidbit when it comes to the Ukrainian League. But overall, it is generally the same. They, They play each team twice once home once away and the top team at the end of the year is declared the champion and going to champions there have not been that many champions of Ukraine in fact there are only three in total winning the Ukrainian Premier League since its inception in 1991 the first league title won in Ukraine was won by the third place team with one title under their belt that is Tavria Simferopol I really hope I pronounced that correctly and if you actually do know how to pronounce it correctly I, I would 
I would really like that criticism either on a message in Twitter or on Facebook. Just let me know, hey, this is how you pronounce it, and I'll be happy to correct it. It's just something that <laughs> Ukrainian's not really my forte when it comes to languages. When it comes to second place, the second place team with the second most league titles under their belt, their first one coming in 2001-2002 season and their latest one coming in the 2019-2020 season, that is Shakhtar Donetsk with 13 titles under their belt. Again, as I stated, 2001 being the first and the latest being 2020. In first place with the most Ukrainian league titles. Their first one coming in 1992. Their last one coming in 2021 being last year, the last full year of the Ukrainian Premier League before the shutdown and, and the war with Russia ended up happening. The number one team with 16 titles is Dynamo Kiev. And overall, this has been the tale of the Ukrainian Premier League. These two teams have a much more dominant say in the Ukrainian Premier League. And just something overall you don't really see too too much in these larger leagues of course you have so many different so many different winners of the league when you get into these smaller leagues you have uh, teams like Dynamo Kiev and Shakhtar Donetsk just absolutely dominating the league overall and I think it's it's a really amazing thing and and the Ukrainian Premier League has not shaken or has not really faltered at all since this since its creation of course in 91 overall it's a, a phenomenal league and as i've as i state with all the other leagues one that i highly advise that you watch if you ever have the ability to and to go to the ukrainian cup which is the domestic cup competition in ukraine that started the year after uh, in 1992 and since then, there is a similar tract of winners and over, the overall domination of teams in this competition. But instead of three winners overall in the, in the league, we actually have five different winners of the Ukrainian Cup. And for the fifth place team with, with one title under their belt of the Ukrainian Cup in 2009... You have Vorskla Poltava with, again, one title under their belt. And tied with them is Tavria Simferopol with one title as well in 2009, the year after, actually. They are both tied with one title each in fifth and fourth place, respectively. In third place with two titles, the first one coming in 1992 and the latest one in 1994 is Chronomaretz Odessa with two titles as I stated under their belt and back to the other two dominant teams but there's a bit of a twist when it comes to the Ukrainian Cup because there is a tie between 
Shakhtar Donetsk, and Dynamo Kiev with the most Ukrainian Cup titles with 13 titles under their belt for Dynamo Kiev. Their first title came in 1993, and their latest one came in 2021. And then for Shakhtar Donetsk, the first one came in 1995, and their latest one in 2019 for the Ukrainian Cup. Overall, again, you see this domination with the two teams, Shakhtar Donetsk and Dynamo Kiev, but still a competition that is very revered in Ukraine and a great performance nonetheless or a great a great competition nonetheless for a team to compete in now when it comes to rivalries i think you can kind of hint where i'm going with this with the two dominant teams in the area it is going to be the classic derby or the classico derby it it does have a fancy pronunciation which to be 100% honest i don't want to risk anything pronouncing it wrong but this is the classico of the Ukrainian of the Ukrainian league and overall the biggest rivalry in Ukraine between Dynamo Kiev and Shakhtar Donetsk this rivalry actually started when they were both competing in in the Soviet Premier League which is a very interesting piece of history when it overall comes to the soccer world you don't see too many rivalries jumping from country to country but to really put into truth Shakhtar Donetsk was not the team that they are today when it comes to the Ukrainian Premier League when they were in the Soviet top flight they were collectively trying to get the team together they were of course competing but the rivalry really was not seen between Dynamo Kiev and Shakhtar Donetsk it was actually between Dynamo Kiev and Spartak Moscow which that was the rivalry in the Soviet top flight that took president during that time but once the region of Ukraine was declared independent after the fall of the Soviet Union, Dynamo Kiev really thrusted themselves into the spotlight in Ukraine, and that is what led to Shakhtar Donetsk really and truly getting their foot down on the ground in Ukraine and taking off in Ukraine. They have since had a resurgence, and they have they have really dominated in the Ukrainian Premier League since the early 2000s and into the 2010s. It has really been a dogfight between these two teams. They have they have played each other a ton of times. There is actually a tie in wins between the two sides in the Ukrainian Premier League. Shakhtar Donetsk and Dynamo Kiev have won 25 games against each other. 17 of them ended in draws. You also have 10 wins in favor of Shakhtar Donetsk in the Ukrainian Cup, and Dynamo Kiev have won six of them. Of course, none of them could be draws because it is a cup competition. There needs to be a winner. But in total, they played about 
50 to 60 times in the Soviet top flight. 41 of those victories were in favor of Dynamo Kiev, and 15 were in favor of Shakhtar Donetsk during the Soviet top flight era, and of course, bringing it over back into Ukraine, that really pulls back into favor of both teams, and they have just been slugging it out ever since. One that one rivalry that I really, really hope to maybe see in the future. I think this is a very underrated rivalry, especially with the history behind the team of Dynamo Kiev, having that history in the Russian top flight. They actually have a host of different titles in the Soviet top flight themselves that they've won before going and, of course, competing in the Ukrainian Premier League. It's just an overall amazing rivalry to even consider and one that I had so much fun dissecting and bringing the information to you guys. And that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Wormburner Podcast. I hope you guys really, really, really enjoyed it. And if you have not already, like I said... Go to Facebook and follow us on facebook.com forward slash the Wormbrenner podcast for latest updates and any information or any polls or any comments that I have for you guys to be a part of, as well as on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at WormbrennerPDCST. Again, that is WormbrennerPDCST for any polls or content that I have for you over there. Again, thank you so much for being so patient with me and being able to recuperate from my very bad sinus infection. It was just a overall <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible thing. And again, thank you so much. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode. I hope you guys have an amazing week this week. And I, I just hope that you enjoy this content. And I will see you guys back next week. Stay safe. Have fun. Love soccer. And I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.